Matt. What's up, man? How's it going? Nice to uh, formally meet you. Right? The man behind the videos. Met somewhere, but I, I was gonna say, yeah, I've, I've definitely uh, met you a couple of times, but um, I finally get to uh, officially meet the man behind the <laughs> really good videos that my brother was always showing me. Thank How you doing? Thank you. Good. And yourself? Doing well. Um, so when I was thinking about the first video that my brother showed me of yours um it was the track videos that you used to make oh boy yeah right so that was a long time ago and then um it made me realize how long ago that was so then when i was thinking about how i'm a fan of your work um i'm like shit i've been a fan of his work for probably over a decade now (laughs) probably before you even realized what you were doing honestly yeah that's i mean probably get into that later but that's like where it all began yeah so um for the people that are gonna be listening so let them know what you do now because you're in you got into film you got into you know uh, producing and stuff like that but let us know what you do now uh so currently uh, i guess you can call my call me a freelance videographer okay uh, nothing too you know big or commercial like movies or anything but i do currently a lot of like concert videography uh every now and then i'll do a wedding on the side uh Music videos take a big portion of it as well. And any like event stuff. So like the other day I shot a the opening for this artist gallery in the city. Uh, so like showing people interacting and like the art itself. So literally anything that can be shot with video to promote that thing. That thing. A lot of today's content is just you got to put it on instagram or whatever it's all video right, you just got to get it out there um and yeah so that's pretty much it so so am i am i right that you started um filming or you started to make your own videos when you were running track with my brother yep 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 uh, so now how did you get into that so i don't know did you did you go to Farrow? i did you did okay so i was probably i, I think i was grad i think i might have graduated when you guys just came in Okay. Did you know any of the track guys before? Before me, I did. Yeah. Did you know Corey Erasm? Yes. So that dude, who I still talk to every now and then, he was the one who was doing all the track videos. Pretty sure. And when he left, because he, I think, was two years older than me, I was like, oh, let me, uh, let me take over just for some reason. I never did really any, I guess, video work before then. But I guess I was inspired by that, and I liked what he was doing, and I was like, oh, I could do this. Uh, so, you know, what kind of videos was he making? At so, time? basically, just like a, I guess you could call it like a recap of the event. Um, so, we would just like shoot all our guys running across the line, like, you know, starting different sections of the race, running across a bridge or whatever, and then just like compiling that all together to, you know, whatever music was big back in the day then was probably like rock or rap. <laughs> And uh, and yeah, that that's what I would call a video. So now you guys weren't even uploading those to anywhere, right? Were you guys just making those for yourself? I mean, I was putting them on YouTube. Were you? Okay, cool. Yeah, Are they still up there them, now? I think so. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Whatever I had up, some old 
uh, YouTube account that I don't touch anymore or have access to. Uh, and they were getting views. Some of them were getting a lot of views because people, I guess, in high school or in our age, was, I guess, wanted to see themselves, but they would just see us. Maybe right. then in the background. <laughs> but uh, yeah, some of them would get like a couple thousand views, which was interesting. Uh, so now what, what interested you about those videos and what he was doing that maybe inspired you to continue it? Honestly, I don't know exactly what inspired me, but I do know that once I started it, as you can see, I couldn't stop. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I really just enjoyed the capturing of everything, compiling it all together, learning how to use the program, which I guess back in the day I used to use, um, what, what was it called? Windows Movie Maker, which everyone might laugh at, but probably <laughs> where everybody else started to. And then just see like sending it out and same thing with today, just hearing the feedback and the reaction from people. Like that's what I, I think mostly or second to editing mostly enjoy right. is just hearing what people have to say and about the work. So then after you started filming those in high school, um, where did you start going with video producing from there after doing stuff for the track team? And I know that you might've like filmed a couple of trips that you guys went on, right? Yeah, yeah. Some um, so video. before that, still back in high school, I, like in, in our friend group, I had a very uh, creative friend group and we would just make these just ridiculous, like, I guess, home, I forget what we would call them, home style videos of like, my buddies would make a storyline and I wasn't acting out parts. I was in maybe some of them, but we, we would, they would act out parts to these scenes and they would short, sort of be like little short films very ridiculous <laughs> but that's where i guess i learned the next step which would be like the story part of like filmmaking as amateur as it was that's uh that gave you that, a, a little aha uh -huh moment part. yeah yeah and then same thing like i just enjoyed putting the story together and hearing the feedback and then just like getting on to the next project all right what are we doing next guys uh and then you know, like you just said, in college is when I would have started doing the more like trip style videos like with my girlfriend. Like we'd go away and we first, I think, video I made with her. And then the next, the video that would then get me into continuing to do that when we had gone to Bermuda and doing that like vlog style video. Uh, and yeah, that was the next step after like the more childish videos. And at that point, were you working with a drone yet? Uh, at that point, no. But that's when I realized that I do need a drone <laughs> because, you know, that elevates your work because it gives you that other angle that people don't typically have or see. Back then, at least nowadays, like everybody has a drone. Right. But that was uh, a completely, um, completely new angle that, uh, mm -hmm. I guess, was seen in video and... Um, I mean, I remember when I first started to see videos shot by drone, you didn't know that it was shot by a drone yet, but you're looking at it and your eyes just catch it. And you're like, all right, I'm not, I'm not supposed to see things from this point of view or like, you know, in an area like this. Yeah. Um, and you were the first one or one of the first ones that I saw messing around with drone film. Um, one was, I think from like, you know, a handful of years ago, uh, the Staten Island video that you did. Oh yeah. That which was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome too. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, that one 
you know, I sort of expected it to get views, but I didn't expect it to get to like a hundred thousand views in three days. Wild. Get a bunch of articles written up about it and get me on New York one. And yeah, man. One. <laughs> For anyone that's listening in the future, you better go watch it. Even if you're not from Staten Island, it's totally worth it. You have, um, you have a really good ability to, uh, I think, I guess like capture the vibe or capture the feeling of something. And, mm -hmm. um, whatever music you're picking to overlay on your videos, especially the drone ones like that are phenomenal. Um, yeah. Music choice is key. And I guess conveying the visual, but also the message behind the video. Right. To, so now, yeah. even before I start getting a little deeper on, on like your, your journey, when you're picking a song like that, do you have the mood or like the vibe that you're going for? Or um, like say after you shot the Staten Island one, and you have all that good footage and you compile it. Do you already have a like a feeling that you're going for, like a story that you're trying to tell? Or is that something that you figure out as you're editing and as you're looking at it? So I definitely need the music first before anything, like even before, like, I mean, I guess like I could sort the footage, but for that one, that actually that took me like a week to find the song that I wanted to use. I remember exactly. Um, because I, it, it had to be perfect. And a lot of times, like for like pro projects like that, compared to what I do uh, nowadays, which like I'm given a song to use for a lot of the types of work I do. But if it's like solo projects like that, I'll spend hours or days looking for the right song because it just it needs to be perfect for what I'm trying to get across. And I don't know exactly if I have a message to get across sometimes. Um, but if I do it, it will reflect that nice yeah I, I mean you could tell especially when you're um allowing yourself to be enveloped in the movie and the and the song it it's a complete experience <laughs> yeah. um okay so you go from high school it starts as like a hobby with track you get a little bit more serious when you get into college you start messing around with telling a story then you start recording some trips you start messing around with the drone and now at this point are you doing it routinely is it something that you're working on all the time or is it something that you're just doing for fun still mostly for fun um but there is a little tidbit in there that probably not a lot of people know um that i guess even propelled me to where i am today which is there uh at the start of college i had really gotten into the whole you know house music edm scene and I went so far as to make like an Instagram account, like just focused on that, like the scene in New York. And I would like post the shows that were um, coming up. Like when my, when I had started going myself to shows, like I'd post content from there, which got me into that whole, like, you know, pushing out content, even though it wasn't like any heav heavily edited work. Um, and then I don't know. If, you probably remember Vine back in the day. Of course. Vine was huge. So I had made an account on there where I would post, you know, my videos I would take at shows. But then I started to see that people were editing already edited footage, like mm -hmm. movie, like recap videos. And, you know, they would just put a song behind it. And since I was like heavy into the scene, like always finding new music always um just on the search for the next bit big thing because I was, I was just heavy into the scene 
and I guess I, you could say I still am. Um, I just made an account where I was doing the same thing. Like I would take already edited recap videos, cut them down into these, you know, six and a half seconds, six second videos to just like put out new music and like show people like, Hey, listen to this new great song that I found. And also at the same time, make a cool edit for it or what I thought was cool. <laughs> and then over two years, because at the end of my run on there, they shut Vine down. I had accrued like maybe 52,000 followers. Damn. Um, Serious. Back then yeah. too. That's huh? a lot. That, that, that's a lot for back then too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was getting up there and, you know, people liked my work. So I was like, Oh, I could maybe do this, you know, like getting out there and filming since I heard or did that on the side, but nothing professional yet. And now I was like honing my editing skill. Cause like maybe every two or three days I was just pumping out an edit. And I think I had maybe like, close to 500 edits on there, like just over the course of two years. And, you know, then it came to an end. I had to leave that behind, which I was sort of sad about because like it was... Did you lose all your content? Bit. Actually, no. I had later, like a year later, I found out that somewhere somebody had downloaded and uploaded all my footage, wow. like edited to this website, which I have on my website. I have a link there just to like go back in the... Some memory nostalgia yeah yeah uh but yeah that was cool and like it was starting to help me like get into shooting festivals because from that account i had reached out to this uh producer dj who was at a festival in new jersey um and i shot my first festival it, nice. terrible terrible edit terrible <laughs> footage because it was on uh actually this camera right here my first one little wow nice panasonic lumix do you have that in your room as like a trophy now? Yeah, it's yeah. just in there. I don't touch it. Um, and then I didn't go full into like trying to shoot festivals from that point, just because like I didn't like how it came out. I didn't like the quality of the camera. It took a bit of time for me to like, you know, get good gear and then like really get into trying to get myself out there to do that kind of stuff. Uh. Because at that time, you know, in college, you know, just in college. And then after that, I had my nine to five, which. So what was your nine to five after college? Uh, so I went to college for architecture. Cool. And I was working at a, uh, what do you call it? Like a building inspection company. So we would make sure that what the contractors on site were doing were according to plan. And they weren't like deviating from anything, any codes or laws that had to be abided by in the city. So now, um, is that something that you always wanted to do or were you interested in architecture? Not at all. No, no. The <laughs> I wouldn't say I was misguided, but when I was in high school in my art class, like not my art class, my, uh, I had a meeting with our guidance counselor who had just asked me a bunch of questions who led him to say, Oh, maybe you should look into architecture because I'm, was always and still am just like very undecided about a lot of things in life, just like Same. decisions and whatnot. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Although I did have that like video passion. I was, I didn't have the push to be like, Oh, you can do this full time. Like this can be a career. Yeah. I didn't think it could either just from like my little knowledge of like the work world. Uh, 
like I always knew like, all right, you had to get a nine to five. That's going to give you the money that you need to live and support yourself. So that's what I thought. And like I knew freshman year in architecture school, I hate this. Not that I hate it. Like I like the creative side, like the building, like models, which we had to do or the working on like the computer programs, like the Adobe stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just knew I wasn't going to be an architect. Like even that early on from starting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I stuck with it for five years because I knew I'd get a job. Right. I could do this still on the side just as a hobby. But then like later on, I learned, oh, I can turn this into a uh, a full-time thing. And that's something that I really wanted to start talking to you about because I find that more uh, more interesting than almost anything, especially with anyone. Um, people that take risks or people that pursue passions are interesting to me because it's rare today. Um, I, I don't know why it's, I feel like it's more rare than ever, but I don't know if there's more added pressure or uh, because of the use of social media, everyone's you know, in each other's business and um, the fear of failure is maybe feels like the cost is higher, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, I guess anyone that, that really goes for it, I'm really interested to pick their brain and just see like where they were in that moment. Um, if they felt that actual fear or, you know, if the pressure of not pursuing their passion and maybe pursuing something that they weren't equally as passionate about, if that was enough to then force them to take that risk. So I don't know where you fall in that, um, what you were thinking about at that time, if you had like a long-term vision of you wanting to turn that into a career, but like, you know, explain to me where your mind was, like, you know, when you were in college and you were obviously improving your skills in editing, producing, um, you were gaining more exposure. So like, where were you at in that moment with trying to balance, you know, I'm trying to fit in and, you know, do the right thing, quote unquote, and get that nine to five job to provide some kind of stability. But in your heart, you probably had a burning desire to continue to do more of the video producing and editing, correct? During college, not exactly. Okay. At that point, I didn't know where the hobby was going to take me. Like, I didn't know that it could turn into that until maybe a couple of years later like while i had my nine to five okay yeah so in college like i said i just i knew i had to get a job i got an internship in my like third or fourth year stuck with it they offered me a job and i just started working there with them um hated that it (laughs) brought on the pressures that i didn't know were going to come with it because like it sort of was like a big responsibility. Like, it's like we had to like sign off on stuff. Uh, yeah, it's a big deal. Important, yeah, important things that like for safety reasons, like in the city. I didn't have like those kind of huge responsibilities, but like I was at like the the first step of it, like saying like, all right, yeah, they did do a good job on this building. Right. Plus, you can now sign off on this, like that they did a great job. Uh, and I did get in a sticky situation once where, just for one month, it was just the worst stress at this, uh, at on this one project. Um, but then, yeah, like during that, I think I worked there for three years during those three years, I was starting to, you know, develop more of an interest in this, 
you know, film industry or uh, videography, not specifically film with movies and stuff, but right, right. videography. Yeah. Uh, and my buddy had offered me a job uh, working with this uh, wedding company. Um, you know, not full time, just like, hey, you can do this stuff when you're free on the weekends or whatever. Um, and yeah, so I, I did that with them for a little bit. And then also I was picking up other little jobs. Um, so like I'd go to work. Six Is that the first time that you got paid for it? Yeah, yeah. That probably started around uh, somewhere in like the, when I graduated in 2016, maybe like 2017, 18. I would like start to get these like very low paying video jobs. And then like, you know, the weddings were a little higher. So like, oh, this is cool. Getting paid more money to do this. Even though like, I'm not too into those jobs. just because it's, it's, it's a lot. Day. It's yeah. a lot. It's a long day. It's a long day. <laughs> uh, but then, yeah. So like I would start picking up more and more work. But obviously I have to go to my nine to five to make the real money. Right. But, like I'm waking up at what? 6 a.m. Getting, you know, traveling to the city, getting to the train, to the ferry, to another train, go to site, be on my feet all day. Brutal. Go back to the office and then come home. Same thing. Train, ferry, train, walk home. And then I'd get home at what, like 6 p.m., 7 p.m.? Spend a little time, you know, eating and hanging out. And then if I had work, I'd be up editing until 1, 2, 3 a.m. Get couple hours of sleep and go back to work the next day um and then i but i did that for maybe like two years that kind of like grind like that and then i got to the point where i was getting like too much work so like that's not a problem but it was a problem because i hated the other job right not want to do that and then like you said we're getting to that point i was getting to that point where i had to decide if I could make that jump, if I could do that switch from turning the hobby into like a full-time thing. And yeah, that was a tough decision to make because I was talking to some people at my job about it. Um, and I had a meeting with one of my bosses who he was like, can you really, can you really do that? Can you really like make that a full-time thing? You, you make, you'll probably make so much money here. Right so much money here, and I was just like, I mean, I guess you're right, but also in my head, like, I hate this job. I can't. I cannot <laughs> do this. I can't. I know you could probably do it full time, but I can't. Right. Um. And then yeah, I just it was my girlfriend who just continuously like talked me into the idea of like you can do this. You really can do it just got to make the jump and that then, jump and then, is terrifying or just at least looking at it from before you oh, jump terrifying for sure, for sure. especially when i had to tell my like boss boss like hey man i'm giving you the two-week notice sorry and that was like during a time when my company was starting to like let people go for some reason i think something to do with money um and then like me leaving was also like ah great well it's another one <laughs> So then, but they actually had talked me into, <clears throat> that was in February of that year. I think it was not February. Um, Yeah, February of 2020. So they talked me to staying for another month. It's like, all right, I'll help close out this project. And then I'm out. 
uh they're like all right that's fine uh and then it's like what the first week of march when i had officially like quit and what was that of 2020 that was a uh, covid right around the corner wow so that's that's when you stopped working in architecture yeah literally like a week or two before the the flood of covid wow i didn't know that okay very cool yeah so as much as that sounds like a uh terrifying to some people to me it was good for me to be honest like that time of not having what was first going through your head after you hand in your notice you're done and you don't Uh, have to show up to work on monday oh the biggest relief the (laughs) biggest relief although i wasn't like you know having jobs every weekend or like all the time i knew that with my connections and you know just the pursuit that i had for like trying to make this work i knew i had to make it work and i was going to I was going to say, do you feel like you almost had, you almost didn't really have much of a choice and also you were able to rely on your skills and that drive that you felt. Precisely. Yep. Oh, another funny thing about that. Like I didn't, I knew like if I'd gone to my parents about like saying like, oh, guys, I'm going to quit my job to do this. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. They were going to be like, what? So. So did you seek advice from people around you? Like friends, family, besides your girlfriend at the time? Yeah, probably some friends, no family. I kept them kept them out of it. Uh, it was only until after I told my mom, hey, uh, I quit. <laughs> uh, and to parents, like, I feel like parents might not. I mean, maybe some really cool parents would get it. But, you know, the typical parent, I feel if they knew that their son got a great job, started a great career as, you know, working in architecture, uh, big responsibilities like, you know, a quintessential nine to five. And then all of a sudden they find out that he's no longer working that he's quit it and he's pursuing a passion. They might think that, you know, we're making the wrong choice or that, you know, you're not uh, thinking responsibly or yada, yada. So, I mean, I I think it's pretty wise that you were aware of that in that moment to know that maybe if you shared it, it might've deterred you otherwise. I knew it wouldn't exactly deter me. I just didn't want to go through the friction conversation. Yeah. Like, all right, I hear you, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) And then they, they would have seen later that, uh, it would have worked out the decision. Yeah. 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 So now it's March of 2020. Um, the world is kind of shutting down. You're no longer working your nine to five. Um, potential bright futures ahead for your career but the world is in a weird place so now from there that's where you start to pick up some weddings or some smaller gigs well not exactly during that time because you know that's right i guess maybe like uh yeah next year yeah so actually i did have a lot of stuff planned like that was coming up maybe in like the next two or three months that i couldn't do obviously right but i was super excited about so that sucked but I knew that, you know, in time, like when everything started to die down, that it would pick up heavy and the following, you know, summer it did. But before that I had been doing like, you know, like little personal projects here and there, um, working with some friends some small businesses that were trying to stay open and help them out making some content, uh, during that time, yeah, I was like learning some other programs and like just, you know, developing more skill over that time. And 
Yeah, like I said, like for some people that would have sucked, but for me that was sort of a good reset, a good resetting point. Good opportunity, uh, really. The start of it, yeah. And I don't know if you you probably might have seen that project I did where I'd gone to the city. I was gonna bring that up eventually. Yeah, dude, yeah. I I just checked it um, before because I I watch it all the time. There's like <laughs> almost sixty thousand views in that video. I think I'm probably responsible for like a thousand at least myself <laughs> um i was telling my wife before this i have a hard time not getting chills or like getting choked up every time i watch that video i'm still trying to make sense of it That's the i point. don't know what <laughs> that was the point good <laughs> yeah yeah no i i don't and, and it's like it never wanes like that feeling never wanes anytime i'm watching it within 20 seconds i feel my throat start to like you know get all tight um I feel like I, I haven't shed a tear. I won't. I, I won't go that far, but my, I feel my eyes start to get like a little watery. Yeah, it's just a feeling. Yeah, yeah, and um, I don't know what it is, but every time I'm watching it, you do a phenomenal job at capturing the moment, um, and with the sound effects and the way that you filmed it, it showed the life that was in the city. It showed how drastically different the city was in that moment and um, a view of the city that has never been seen before ever. Like that city has never slept a day in its life. And in that time that it did, and you got that on film and um, it kind of makes you think about like, you know, where the world is going, especially in that last scene where it pans and the girl on wall street or in the, is that the financial mm -hmm. district? And she's looking at the American flag yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh, man. Like, and that fills yeah. me with so much hope, too. So you do a phenomenal job at encapsulating <laughs> everything. Um, that was a fun one. Yeah, I don't know. So what was going through your head Gross. with that? I was eventually going to ask you about that, so I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, so I actually had, I saw inspiration on Instagram, somebody who had posted something sort of similar. Like it was a few clips or photos of, you know, just the empty streets, and I was like, I could do something like that or a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, so over the course of, I think, like two nights, like after I saw that, I just I went to the city. I ran out uh, and it I had gone the first night with my girlfriend and then the second night uh, with my buddy who was shooting some photo as well. And it was just weird out there, like literally nobody out in the streets except for like a few random people just walking around for some reason. And cops there were a lot of cops just mm. like patrolling didn't say a word to me uh because i was just a weirdo out there with a the camera <laughs> um but yeah it was pretty surreal because like it, i had been working in the city you know for the past two or three years out there every day navigating pe millions of people and then there's just nobody there it was so no weird. one literally no one the only people in the film that i mean in the video that i saw are i think it's in penn station couple people like yeah maybe yeah. maybe two or three people just walking that's there, there's that's the only sign of life that you see yeah. in the video um i love how yeah, you have the i love how you have the madison square garden crowd cheering the yeah. subway call everything it's so spot on man um even oh, if you're yeah, not the subway call that, that hurt that hits oh that hits so hard so hard um, even if you're not from New York City, I feel like there's no way that you can't enjoy that video and appreciate life in general. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I got a couple articles written up about that too. Did you really? Yeah. Just like, you know, explaining like, hey, look how empty the city is. This videographer portrays that perfectly, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I sort of knew that maybe that one could have taken off too. So when I was choosing the music for that one, I could have chosen like a song that I could have made money on YouTube off of, mm. but I had to go with the the Hans Zimmer Interstellar remake. I think it was a remake or someone. I think it might've been the exact song or like a, a little bit of a remake. So I couldn't make money, but I had to use that song. It was fire. It. it was incredible. Yeah. Um, so that that's definitely my favorite video of yours so far. Um, at, at least that I've, that I've seen. Um, yeah, that one was fun. Yeah, so did you realize what you were doing when you were filming that? Or when you were making it? Did you realize how good it was going to be? Or or it's kind of like when you put it together after you're saying to yourself, shit, this is this is." Yeah, good. it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's usually after the fact. I never realize anything in the moment when I'm doing something. It's after when I'm like, oh, wait. This you might have to experience it for yourself too. Yeah. Who do you end up showing your videos to first to get a first glance? Her, <laughs> girlfriend. Yeah, you have to. Critic. You have to, and she she encouraged you. Yep. So yep. You got it. She's your number one fan. You got to address all her comments first, and then it goes out to the client. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So then, um, okay, so then that was when that was was that in the summer of twenty twenty. I mean, that had to be right in the the heat of it, right? Like maybe yeah, June. So probably, I want to say April or May. Okay. Uh, probably, probably April. Like literally uh, right when it was going, going down. So now then after that, that's when things eventually cleared up, maybe uh, like I guess towards the winter, spring-ish of 2021. That's where you start to get more, I guess, individual gigs to video. Yeah, yeah probably yeah more heavier in that work um but then like just a little backtrack like during that time when like we couldn't do much i was doing just like a lot of editing work so i was of making older stuff that you there had? as well sorry of of older video that you had not exactly that just like because like for some projects like people come to me with their footage and like i'll just edit whatever they need me to do gotcha. so that or like since like I'm still like heavily in the music industry, like I was just doing like some promo work for some artists, um, and you know, that was uh, getting me some money there as well. And even right now, you work with you work within the music industry too, right? Yeah, I would say that's a big big chunk of it. Uh, I just enjoy that mostly. So now, what do you do there? Are you filming concerts and stuff like that? Or shows yeah so back home here you know um i work at the brooklyn mirage which i guess you could say is the city's biggest not the biggest but one of the most popular venues I get a lot of acts there that uh i wouldn't get to work with if i like just reach out to them because you know they already have their people right. um, so when i'm not doing something with an artist that i already do work with or a client I'll hit, I'll work with them on the weekends and that's, that's always a good time there. But then nice. I do work closely with um, 
a few artists, you know, on the, in the EDM scene, you may not know, but you probably do know the, maybe one of the bigger ones today on the come up, you know, Accra's you see, I post them on my yeah, yeah, yeah. page a lot. Yeah. So I work with him a lot. We got some, uh, some work coming up. I think we're going to Brazil in a week or two or Dude, not, cool. two next month. And then we have a little tour in Asia in December. Nice. And then other we're in, than we're in Asia. Japan, I think Japan, Thailand, maybe Bangkok. Dude, that's, that's fun. A couple more shows to be added. And then like before that, we're going to Saudi Arabia, then to Asia, and then jumping back to Qatar. Holy shit. Yeah. So although like we're there like, you know, like one night or a day in these like awesome places, I just love like the the being there, recording the moment, capturing it, and then, you know, showing the people like, hey, look, we just went down. Awesome. Although it's we we don't get much sleep. It's uh it's rewarding. Just the uh the short but you know fun experience. Hundred percent. Yeah. So do you, I mean, I'm assuming that you enjoy traveling too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're always on flights that are like bored at like 5 a.m. or whatever. But it's the I don't care about like the not sleeping or the having to wake up too early for that kind of stuff. It's the experience and like the what happened there that I know is always going to be memorable. So now even look back two years ago. So at this point, so September, 2022, so September of 20, would you have thought that you would have been here where you are right now? Not really. Uh, no. I mean, I always knew I had to, like the drive to get to where in my head at that point, I knew I wanted to be. Um, but not exactly this, like to the extent where sometimes I'm drowning in work. Right. Like edits, like, oh, I got like five things I need to do by the end of Friday. Uh, but it's it it pays off because, like I said, for the most part, it's the experience that like I always look forward to. Yeah. Not exactly like the, the draining parts that sometimes suck, but, you know, it, it pays off. I, I think it's good for people like yourself to share your story even if you don't think it's important to share um because so many people have different passions and different things that they want to do and there are people that will be passionate about working in architecture right like the same nine to five that you had as equally passionate as you are about videoing and edit and editing you'll find someone that is uh dying to be an engineer or something like that so um not saying that everyone has to do something that they're passionate about, but I think yeah, yeah. more I people, it. I think more people could take a risk or take a chance. So mm -hmm. I don't know if you have thought about that a lot and like the risk that you took and the chance that you took, but um, like there had to be some, some fear associated with that to a degree as you're then taking that chance. So I don't know if you Definitely. would have any advice for people that, you know, have that hobby or have that passion um and that feel that fear but that's some that's something that i see a lot of my students trying to make sense of i see 
family members, friends, everyone trying to make sense of. So I don't know if that's something that you think about a lot or if you have an opinion on Oh that. yeah, I do. I do because I I do talk to like a bunch of people like I guess in the industry, my industry, like with the music and stuff is where I'm heavily involved with. But I do talk to a lot of people about that because they I do get asked a lot. Um, and as as afraid and anxious and stressed as I was in that time, I you just got to do it. If you have that passion, you just got to go for it. As simple as that sounds, you just got to do it. That's it. Right. Because And don't give yourself then you're the going option. to be stuck. Yeah. Because you'll just be stuck, miserable, doing the same thing over and over again. Which for me, I didn't, I couldn't do that. Like, if I had to go back to that, I could not. I could not do that. Like, I told myself, like, I have to make this work. And I did. There's something to not giving yourself choices. Sometimes, Mm hmm sometimes, I think we like to give ourselves a lot of choices to feel safe, but in your case, you, uh, you were in touch with yourself and what you want to do enough to the point where you're like, no, I don't, I don't need to give myself any other choices. I'm able to do this. I, I try to. Maybe at first I was a little, but over time and the the push that I got, it was uh, it was clear that I had to do it. That's huge. Because, That's huge too. yeah. Everyone needs some kind of a support system. I don't care who you are. If you're LeBron James, whoever it is, um, everyone needs a support system to a degree. I even see that with my wife in her career. She's a theater performer. Um, she's super talented, works really hard. But if she didn't have a strong support system at home or when she was a kid to really push her to go to all those auditions, to continue to you know persevere through rejection after rejection, Um, she says it all the time. She's like, I don't know if I would have made it to become a professional theater performer. So that's something that really enlightened me to the fact that everyone needs uh, that friend, family member, significant other, someone in their life to really back them up. Even I'm noticing my students, um, the students that perform the best in my class, or at least get the most out of my class are the ones that I think have a strong supportive figure at home to a degree um or you know have a good group of friends or are part of a like you know a good team um so that that's a big part that's that you had someone in your life like you know pushing you and telling you that you could do it because it's not like you didn't think that you could do it it's like you knew that you could do it but for some reason us as people and maybe just us being conscious we want some kind of uh i don't know i guess like feedback from the outside world to confirm before we take that risk Yeah, I'm you still, need that I'm extra still trying boost. to make sense of that myself. Definitely need it. I don't, I, I don't know if I would still be at that job, but I definitely would have been there longer than I should Yeah. have been. And now if you think about it, like, you know, if you didn't give yourself that limited choice to go after it, um, like you said, you could have still been at that job. you might have found a way to like it, right? You might have found a way to enjoy it or make the most of it, maybe. Um, No, <laughs> probably no. not. It was so stressful. <laughs> I could not do that. yeah, but eventually <laughs> it, it I would would have have had obviously to. eaten you alive. Yeah. Yeah. So now have you had to, um, have you seen other people in your circumstance that you've like, you know, given that pep talk to or 
like try to encourage to I mean, do yeah, something like similar? a lot of these kids that I meet. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I guess I'm getting up there uh, with all these people that I looked up to that, which is actually weird because, like, like I said, like back in the day when I was doing the Vine stuff, I was taking these videos from people who I became a fan of like over the years back in mm. like what, 2015, 2014, 15, 16. And it's so weird. Like I'm working with them now. Like, it, okay. That's cool. It, it's on a smaller scale of like working with your heroes or something. Who are, like, who are some of those people? Be in, like, sports. Um, so one of the, one of the greatest in the game, shout out to this guy, uh, this dude, Chris Yoder. Uh, it was like, him and like a couple of these others I haven't worked with these other guys yet like uh rory kramer or matt como uh who are on like the same level of putting out like their own work uh but those were the guys that got me to got me to like this field of work and what kind of videos were they making back then? Uh, so a lot of the stuff i'm doing now so like working closely with artists and like they were going on tour and just pumping out this work at festivals that I was like, at the time, like I was in the crowd, like at these festivals and raves, which I loved. Like, so now, did you know, did you know who they were when you were in the crowd? I guess just like by seeing the work that the DJs they worked with were like putting out. It's like, oh, like I recognize that name. And then like when I was taking their work and like making it my own sort of for Vine, uh, I was like, in my head like oh, i would love to like be like them like to actually like be shooting be working with these artists go on tour and like tour the world doing all Dude, this stuff that's cool and it's happening now i'm working on the team that uh the dude yoder uh and two others created and at first it was like very like how am i even doing this but now i'm like texting them on the side and it's 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 weird but it's uh it's surreal it's cool yeah is it everything that you imagined? Yeah. Is it kind of like what your younger self imagined? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's just as awesome as it looked. And now that I'm getting to do it like firsthand with uh, uh, the kid I mentioned before, Akraze, I just constantly every day just think how blessed I am to be able to like do this kind of work and like enjoy it. And like I said before, like just hope that other people can decide to just kick that door down and just go and do it. Yeah, and and I think what you're doing and you continuing to pursue that same dream that you're articulating now is enough to, I think, encourage other people to do the same because like you said, it sounds simple, but you just got to go for it. Um, I think when you're modeling that in real life and you're living it like you are, it's it's easier to then maybe apply it to the thing that you're doing too. So um, I think what you're saying too is that you needed the security, I guess, of the nine to five at first just to live, but mm -hmm. quickly you realized that it wasn't for you. Um, and it takes guts to admit that that's not for you and that, mm -hmm you don't fit in that exact box that people or society, you know, tried to fit you in. Um, yeah. it, it, it's hard. It's hard to admit that. And then to try to burst out of that box 
and then yeah. and then continue years, to be. Yeah, that time where I was just like grinding every day, I knew I had to do that to get to this point. Like I knew that it would pay off, and it did. Yeah, just that blind faith. Mm -hmm. So now, where do you see? Uh, your career going forward do you want to do anything different do you want to continue doing what you're doing and just see where it goes or yeah for now um as small as the projects are they do continue to have more importance um it's so like i'm work i'm working with like bigger companies and doing more starting to get into more commercial work i guess you could say but I always told myself, like, maybe one day I'll work on a movie. I don't know if I'll be directing it, shooting it, or editing it, but I definitely would like to have a hand in some kind of cinematic work because I, I love movies. That's where I, that's where the passion, I guess, started even before. I was going to say, is that, is that where it started? Just your passion for movies when you were younger? Yeah, yeah. Before the, before the track videos, it was just, you know, movies in general. Uh, big movie guy. What kind of movies? anything and everything or specifics for the most i guess you could say anything and everything but i guess i like more on i guess you could say more horror thriller okay i like i enjoy that the most but also like the movies that are like i guess they have that genre like mind bending where it makes you okay. think of what did i just watch like uh kind of how like do they do an, that an inception kind of yeah, or even like, I just like weird shit too. Yeah, like psychological thrillers that make okay. you think like, this is what I always like think to myself, like, if that happened in the real world, that would just be insane. <laughs> like, that's the kind of movies I like, like as messed up as they are, or weird as they are. That's the kind of, that's what makes me think. And like, that's what I enjoy the most. And now at what point? in your life were you watching movies and did you say okay this is movie i enjoy movies because they're having this effect on me right they're forcing me to think differently yeah. they're forcing me to think about hypotheticals or possibilities in a way that's engaging enough to the point where i want to keep coming back and watching more at what point did you think i want to be on the opposite end of that and start to make those to make people feel something is that like what we're talking about when you started to get more comfortable in those college years, or did you kind of know that early on when you were even messing around with the track videos? Pro probably more around college and like later on, maybe even more after that, when I started to do more work and was like getting the idea, Oh, maybe I could do this full time. Don't know where it would lead if it's movies or making a video for a barbershop. But now I'm more leaning towards, oh, maybe I can get into the more, you know, higher end film industry side of it. Don't know when that will be. I don't know. I Like I've been going since I started. I just want everything to happen organically. As I say, it seems like your process has been pretty organic. Yeah, like things just have been coming to me and I yeah. take them as they come for the most part. But if I do want something, I'll go for it. Like, like where I am now, like working like with all these DJs, like I did a lot of spend a lot of time, like, you know, e 
emailing managers and the DJ slash producers to like work with them. And as much as like, tell me, tell me a little bit about that because there is a certain hustle aspect to it, right? Like you have to, yeah, yeah. You have to be persistent too. So like, were you reaching out to people to try to get gigs or trying to get your, are you sending your videos to people? Yeah. Yeah. In the early stages, like when I was, I guess coming out of college and like trying to get more work on the side during like the first years of my nine to five, I would just look up like what shows were going to be on the weekends coming up. And like, I did want to get more into like the, the concert side of things instead of just going. So I would either like DM the artist or find the emails of their managers, their art, their, um, yeah, the managers or whoever. And I would like do a deep dive. Like I would go to their Facebook account, go in the info tab, find out who was there, like, or like the SoundCloud, uh, when that was big, their little bio and all the information is there. So I would just email their email them and I wouldn't get many answers, but the ones that did would lead to more work. So like my first client at, that I shot at the Brooklyn Mirage or not Mirage, it was the inside part, which is Avant Gardner uh, was this uh, DJ producer, Tommy Sunshine. So I shot him, I shot the set and then I met the in-house photographer there shout out eric cunningham who uh then saw my work and introduced me to the head of the video team there shout out dom who uh gave me a test run i think maybe a month or two later and then he's like all right you're on the team nice and uh just like that like just like little little steps like that have a ripple effect and I think that's a huge part of it too, because a lot huge. of people, a lot of people expect things to happen. And um, especially if you're putting in work like yourself, right? Like you're editing your video and your film and you're recording, but you could have done that and, you know, just filled up hard drive after hard drive and it gone nowhere and you just collect dust mm-hmm. with them. Right. But you had to take that step further and take initiative. And I think taking initiative is something that many people lack today in all aspects of life, whether it's um, familial relationships uh, in your career, anything. Um, So what do you think made you do that? Did you know that that was a part of it? Did you like, is that something that you just feel like you have instinctually in you or were people telling you that you should be DMing these people or reaching out to them like cold calls and stuff like that? I mean, at that time, I really wasn't talking to too many people in the industry who were trying to do what I was doing. As opposed to today where I have just a ton of friends around the world who are doing this. Right. But no, I was just like, I want to work with these guys. How do I do that? Oh, I'll. I could just DM them. Oh, yeah. That or email their managers. And I would literally be on, like I said, like on the train to work. 7 a.m., 6 a.m. Finding the managers sending them a you know the same email i would send to there yep. to everybody else but just change the name of the artist uh i would do it at like month blocks like check out who's here each weekend of wow. that month just send out just emails to wherever they would be and uh some would take some wouldn't 
mostly wouldn't. And then, you know, the ripple effect. You work with one, yeah. stuff comes from that. And I think that's one of the bigger lessons that someone can take away from your story or similar stories is that um, you could be super talented, you could be really good at what you do, but you do have to put yourself out there and you do have to take that risk or that extra step to make yourself known. Um, I'm sure you did a bunch of like, you know, editing for people too, that, uh, you probably didn't get paid for, or, you know, you're just trying to get your work out there too. Right. Uh, yeah. Or like, did you, Honestly, did you, like, the stuff much, that you were but... doing for fun? Um, were you just trying to send out just to get exposure to a degree? Yeah. Yeah. Like I would do these like solo projects where, yeah, like I would send it out say, Hey, check this out. What do you think? Right. And that might, that might, because otherwise they, they might not have seen it. They might not have seen your work otherwise, if, unless you were sending that in DM or in that email. Yeah. Like with the, the Staten Island video, um, I found an email for someone at the advance and I said, Hey, I, I've been working on this project for the last, I don't know, eight months. It was, it was a while where I was planning on all these locations and just, Hey, check it out. If you like it, maybe, you know, do a little write-up. They watched it, asked me a bunch of questions to then, you know, put in the article that they put out and then it just took off. So like, sure. I could have just uploaded it and, you know, crossed my fingers to see. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I watch it, but I did want to put it in the hands of whoever, you know, to then give it that extra push. That's the key. I think that's, that's a big part because it's not like you don't have the sauce, right? It's like, you got it, you know what you're doing, but um, if you just upload it, sometimes it might get lost in the abyss. Yeah. So I guess putting I it in the right hand is also a big deal too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially video editing. Right. Where do you, um, so I would say the, the field probably grew with you, right? The whole video editing field. It's probably pretty big now, I'd say, compared to what it was, oh, especially with social yeah. media and stuff like that. For sure. Yeah, I would I would say so. Like, even when I was doing it, like, I felt like I was behind, to be honest. Like, I was looking up to these guys who had been doing it when I was starting for, like, five or six years. And I thought I was late. To a good degree, I still sometimes think <laughs> I am. But now I'm at the point where I'm like, all right, I'm doing all right. <laughs> But yeah, no, back then I did think I was behind, but it definitely has grown a lot more. Like a lot more people are like followed under me to like get to the point where I'm at that I've become close friends with and uh, have seen other people in other industries grow as well. Do you have, um, do you have new people in your industry reaching out to you in the same way that you would be reaching out to other people? Yes. And it's really weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Cause like I'm having that moment where like, I'm just walking around at a festival or uh, the Brooklyn Mirage where I'm shooting every now and then. And then I'll just like, somebody comes up to me and they're like, Oh, you're Matrika, right? I love your work. I'm like, awesome. and it's, it, it's weird, but it's cool. Um, Yeah. Something, I feel like something like that has to be, worth it uh by mm -hmm. itself right for someone that doesn't even know you and you put so much time energy and effort into what you're doing um to have some random person come up and 
say that they love your work. That's that's gotta be pretty cool. Yeah. And it's weird. It happened once in like it it happens in the weirdest places now too. Like I went to Cabo last I forget when, a couple months back or last year, and working for this uh, company at a festival. And at like one of the after parties, this kid with a camera comes up to me, knew who I was. Wow. And it's just it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's gotta be cool. Yeah. Um are you so are you working on anything in particular right now, personal or professional? That um that's that you find interesting or that you're liking? Uh interesting. I mean, it's all interesting to me. But I am, we're working on the next singles, you know, um, I guess video work for the, the kid Acreus for right. his next single that's on the way. I don't know exactly if I could say when it's coming out, but it's coming out soonish. And uh, we're putting together, you know, a bunch of like visual work to promote it and the next music video for that. Uh, not working on that just yet and then yeah it's just all the stuff that's coming up that i'm just super excited about i'm headed to cleveland this weekend to work a festival uh, nice. for i think kid cuddy's headlining it so we're nice, switching it out cool. doing a little hip-hop very cool uh yeah with this other company that i'm now working with which is pretty cool that's bigger in the industry um and yeah just cool i'm excited about all the stuff coming up i i really do love how you're taking things as they come because um especially in, in what you're doing uh i'm sure you can get overwhelmed at times with either taking on too many jobs at once or maybe you know if you don't have enough jobs at a time mm -hmm. so um it kind of seems you like you're in a state of say no. it's, I'm it's hard to that. say no no yes or you have to you learn have how to, to say, no? to say no yeah how do you Which determine learning? Like, are um, you prioritizing time or? Yeah, that so that, you know, I don't burn out, mm -hmm. but also like, I don't like back in the day, I would say yes to like, you know, when I was starting, I would say yes to everything, no matter what the budget was or, you know, how uh, crammed I would get with work. But now that I do have a lot more stuff and I hold myself higher to a higher degree, right. like I, I can't do everything. Like there's been times where like I was hit up to do a job where I would love to do it if the budget was there. But like I, I just can't do it, you know, 200 bucks. Right. Yeah. Because you, I mean, after you're showing yourself what you're able to produce and um, create, there's a certain standard that you have that yep. should be met, honestly, for the quality of work that you're producing. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of a, I guess you could say a problem in like the, keep going back to it, but like the music industry, um, the EDM that, side of the music industry. Is that people don't really want to pay for that stuff or? There, there's two sides to it. So like sometimes they don't want to like the artist or the artist team they don't want to pay like your rate because they can find somebody else to do it for 150 bucks mm -hmm. and they will find somebody else 
nine times out of 10. So it's like, do I say, do I take the gig? Do I not right. exposure? Right. You got to decide. But nowadays I've learned like for me, um, I do have that standard because I can't be doing everything. And no. also can't just take that, you know, that small budget. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, you're, you're spending your time, right? It's a lot of time that you're spending. So you should be compensated for that. And um, I would agree that that's definitely one of the better or greater lessons learned is how to say no and when appropriately, for sure. Especially when it comes to this stuff, because mm -hmm. um, you're trying to create your portfolio, right? You're trying to get exposure. And uh, if you're spending time doing things that aren't really paying it forward for you, then um, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not ideal. Mm, yeah can't waste the time on it no especially in your industry because it's not like you do have that nine to five blocked out every week i'm sure your schedule is different all the time yeah and i wanted to talk about that next like <laughs> sure my next like three months like are starting to get filled up but like a week ago you could have asked me like i don't have anything for october or december like <laughs> it the stuff just comes right and like i have to rely on that fact that it's just going to keep coming <laughs> and surprisingly it does i would it, say it, unless it, there's another black swan event like uh covid i, I think you're going to keep getting work and even then you'll you'll end up adjusting yeah and then it'll get even heavier after that like it did <laughs> last summer it was just like as soon as july hit last summer and uh like my first gigs were back at Brooklyn Mirage. As soon as they opened, I was there maybe three times a week. Is it because everyone was just trying to make up for the events that got canceled or put off? Yeah, people wanted to go out. The I mean, the music industry was hurting hard, if you had uh, done any reading on that. Um, and as soon as they were allowed to, it was just full force. And... I think I got COVID during that time. <laughs> Being back in those crowds <laughs> did take a little bit of a toll, but yeah, that'll do it. I luckily uh, didn't have the worst of the effects. So, do you like that scene in general? Like those being in that crowd, the energy, and all that to begin with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my that's my jam. And nice. I've never it's been really to an actual festival like that or a show like that, but I do enjoy house music. Yeah, I would I would say start at maybe a festival. Because, you know, it's bigger, you have more space. Right. As opposed to like going to like a nightclub where sardines. Right. Uh, yeah. What's your favorite to film or to, to record? Uh, like the, you're talking about like genre or did you say? I'd place? say maybe like genre or even like a, a circumstance or a place. Um, I like all the genres because... If I do like say like a recap video, I have a different style for each genre. So like okay. for, let's say like uh Yeah, explain that. Yeah, like a more harder genre, like a dubstep, or I guess like main, mainly that. Um like faster edit, edits at that point? Is that is yeah, that I edit way differently than I would for a house music video, which is okay. like more like little you can't because you can't go too hard or it's gonna be too much for the viewer. Whereas for the different 
uh, like the way that the music goes for dubstep, I can do something insane. And I like that mix up where I can like go soft and then I can go hard for like, depending on whatever genre is being played at the club that I'm shooting at. But then like, also like if I'm working with an artist who does do the same music every time, it's cool to work with them because then we hit a different location. So like working in different, uh, in a different area is also fun. Yeah. hundred percent. Like with, like this, I get, with I the get same artist, you mean? Like with the same yeah, artist yeah. working in a different area? Yeah, that's gotta be cool. Especially you being someone who enjoyed that stuff and now you get to work with them and see it, I guess from like a behind the scenes too. Love it. Right? I, that's gotta be really cool. Yeah. And then like now that I like am continuously doing like this kind of work, like I'm meeting more people and like when we go to these places and like bigger festivals, like it's sort of like a family. Like you meet up with like the people that you keep seeing and like talking to on Instagram. Or at least for me, it's like the uh, the video and photographer people. Right. It's like we're all buddies. Right. And it's just always good to see them every few months at all these things and to say what's up, catch up, see them doing their thing. Seem like it's cool. I say they're they're all on the same grind. Yeah, it's awesome, dude. Um, your story is really interesting. It's really cool, and I'm curious to see where you go, especially over the next year or two, because it seems like you're you're catching fire without even realizing it. Um, <laughs> Just try my best. Yeah, that's it. And and that's all that anyone can do. And that's really what I hope people can get from this conversation, which is um, you just got to literally put your nose to the grindstone and take some chances and put yourself out there. I think that's the biggest thing. Do it. Um, me in general, I was always a shy and reserved person, way more introverted. Um, so I think I always had a hard time with putting myself out there. And uh, it's stories like yours that instill that confidence in me too. And and I think that's, it's relatable because you're a relatable person, right? Like, um, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was like, I still am like, like that too. But I just know that I had to like be a certain way to, to come here. Right. And I decided to like put those fears to the side. And just, just got to do it. That's it. Right. Just, yeah. It sounds simple. It sounds know, simple. Just putting the fears to the side. But it does. In the moment, it's it's very timely and rough. Yeah. But the payoff. Even, even even when I'm thinking about when I first started teaching, I was terrified to speak in public. I don't know why I even thought. Oh, I hate that. Hate it. Hated it. But now I can comfortably stand in front of a room of like you know. 75 teenagers when i would combine classes and uh typically people would feel more comfortable speaking in front of adults than teenagers because teenagers are just looking to shred you apart especially yeah. juniors in high school i couldn't um, do that absolutely not it's, it's terrifying sometimes even at the beginning of every year when i finally meet my classes and i'm just looking at 16 year olds that are looking to piece me apart looking to you know poke fun at absolutely anything Yep. Um, it's, it's, it's like a fear and an uncomfortability that I just have to sit in, get used to, and know that I'm going to be alive on the other end of it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that I'm thankful every time I do. And, uh, I, I can see that in your story too. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, uh, I appreciate you spending this time with me We're we're a little, I think like an hour and 10. Nice. Yeah. Sweet.
time flies when you're having fun and good combo. Mm -hmm. Um, so I am going to be, uh, asking you to do another one of these in the future after, uh, more of your endeavors. Cause um, a little five and update. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious about your story and what you're doing. So, um, yeah. Thanks for spending this time, Matt. No problem. Appreciate you.